Well, again, good morning, everyone. As you can see me even just rolling uh, the pulpit up here, there's some different things going on. Um, let me let me pray. I know for myself, it's just a lot of things kind of processing that we're doing a little bit differently. And again, this being the first time back for myself getting to preach from the church, though I'm excited. There's just different things to be thinking about, the technology, the changes that we're doing. So let me open us up in prayer. Lord Jesus, we need you. Lord Jesus, I need you. Holy Spirit, speak to me and through me today. Lord, I pray for our audio-visual um, team, Lord Jesus, as they help us to navigate, Lord, new equipment, new things that we're doing. Lord, we pray for those that are here, Lord Jesus, for those that are traveling today, those online. Lord, we just thank you that we can minister in so many different ways, Lord Jesus, your incredible gospel message, Lord, that it is so powerful, Lord, whether it is something that's heard on a recording, if it's something that's watched, Lord, or something that is just shared through word of mouth, Lord. It is life-changing, and Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just manifest in such an incredible way, that you would change our hearts and our minds, that you would be present here, Lord, that you would help us to be who you want us to be. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. So I think it's safe to say that with everything that we have been going through over, you know, I mean, nearly two years. I think earlier today I had just mentioned that it's been about maybe a year and seven months since I have been able to preach at the church. And it is such a blessing to be back in the house of God. Obviously, we know that it doesn't matter if we're in a building, if we're at home, if we're by a, by a, by a lake, that we can worship God wherever we happen to be. But the reality is there are so many challenges that are going on in our world. There are so many challenges that we are facing. And I think it's safe to say that there is a lot of suffering that is going on. And I don't know if you guys have spent a lot of time thinking about suffering. It's not something that we love to talk about at all. I was talking to one of my friends who is also in the same conference that our church is part of, and he mentioned that, you know, we never talk about suffering as Christians. We want to talk about all these wonderful things about our Christian faith, and our faith is wonderful. It's exciting. It's amazing. But the reality is there's also a lot of suffering. And if you guys heard my sermon series on the Beatitudes, you know that as we are Christians, as we grow closer to God, as we grow more in righteousness, we will go through persecution. And that persecution comes in all kinds of forms, whether it's people directly doing things to us or things happening to us just because we live in a fallen world. And so the Holy Spirit has put it on my heart that we need to talk about the ministry of suffering. But to do that, we have to start with a definition or understanding of what exactly suffering is. And when you look at the Hebrew, it is defined as an enduring or undergoing misfortune, calamity, evil, or affliction. And suffering can be experienced both externally and internally. So what, what exactly does suffering look like? I think most of us can say, I go through things and this causes me suffering. Or on the sarcastic side, you may say, oh, I have to deal with this situation. It feels like suffering. But what exactly does it look like? Well, suffering can be a physical ailment. It can be an illness that comes out of nowhere. I know for, for one reason or another, our church is in a season where we're dealing with a lot of cancer. I know my family, we are dealing with this right now, something that has kind of come out of nowhere so that can be a form of physical suffering. It could be a disability or an illness 
that you were born with, something that it's a lifelong issue that you've had to get all kinds of medical attention for, or maybe it's just something you're dealing with. You haven't necessarily gotten any kind of medical treatment. It's just something that you've had to deal with. It could also be physical abuse that someone is going through. So those are different forms of suffering in a physical way that people can go through. But suffering, it can also be internal. It could be a mental health issue that affects your emotions. Anxiety and depression, these are things that so many people have dealt with during the pandemic. It's why we had an entire series on it. Pastor Emily, several weeks ago, talked about it again. It could be mental health issues where you're challenged with just how your brain functions. Things like dementia or memory loss. These are also different ways that people can suffer internally. Suffering, it can be based on situations and circumstances. Maybe it's a form of loss. Maybe you have lost a loved one. Someone has passed away. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've lost a relationship. These can be forms of situational and circumstantial suffering, financial challenges, persecution, wars in the world, natural disasters, different forms that we see suffering taking place. And there's no specific time parameters for suffering. It could be something that you deal with for many, many years. Maybe it's something like Paul and the affliction, the thorn in his side. Maybe it's something that you're going to deal with for the rest of your life. Or maybe it could be a series of challenges that you go through. So that's what suffering looks like. You may be asking yourself now, well, what exactly causes suffering? Well, Scripture tells us that suffering as a whole, it is a result of the fall. It is a result of Adam and Eve's direct disobedience to God and His command not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which allowed sin to enter the world. We see this in Genesis 3, verses 16 through 19. To the woman, he said, this is after they had eaten Adam and Eve, after they'd eaten the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So this is God's response. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain, you will bring forth children. Yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it, cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat the bread till you return to the ground because from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So God's response to Adam and Eve's sin is a reason why suffering can exist in the world. However, it's important to understand God's character and nature when we think of suffering. We don't want to just think of suffering alone. We want to remember who God is and what his nature and character is. So number one, we need to understand and remember that God doesn't want us to suffer. He's not a God that just sits there and says, I want 
all my people, my creation to suffer and go through all this torment and pain. That's not what God wants. Second Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. No matter what you've done in your life, God loves you. God wants to see you come to salvation. He doesn't want to see you suffer. But we also need to remember that God hates sin, and He disciplines His children. Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 6. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as His children? He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when He corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those He loves, and He punishes each one He accepts as His child. For those of you that are parents, you know this, that when your kids act foolish, when they get crazy, you discipline them because you love them, because you want to help them. Well, that's what God does. He does the exact same thing, not because He hates us, not because He's against us, but because He loves us. Lamentations 3, verses 31 through 33 really sums this up. It says, For the Lord will not reject forever, for if He causes grief, then He will have compassion according to His abundant loving kindness. I love how it ends here. It says, For he does not afflict willingly or grieve the sons of men. So what this means is that although some of the suffering that people go through in their lives is a result of sin in their lives, much of the suffering that people experience, it's not due to personal sin, but rather it's a result of sin in the world. Regarding people God gave us this amazing gift of free will. This means that we have the opportunity to choose to obey God or to disobey Him. It's completely up to us. It's an amazing gift. But what that means is when you choose to sin, when you choose to be disobedient, it can lead to people causing others to suffer. And then regarding nature... All sin, or because of sin, all nature was cursed. This is why natural disasters can take place. Romans 8, verses 19 through 21. For all creation is, await, is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. So again, what we saw in the Garden of Eden, that initial sin, the fall, there was a curse on all creation, not just people, but the earth, nature. So that's why there's suffering due to natural disasters. It's because of sin in the world and the curse that is on all of creation. Satan is another reason that there is suffering in the world. John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Satan is real, and Satan hates us, and he hates God. So he is going to do whatever he possibly can to discourage us, 
to get us to lose our faith and trust in God. And suffering, it, it, I think we all can admit, we can all acknowledge that it isn't easy to deal with. We don't like to talk about it, and we surely do not like to go through it. So what is it that makes suffering so difficult? Well, part of it is that most people don't have a very good understanding, understanding of suffering and, and what exactly it is, and they don't realize that it can be experienced, again, both externally and internally. That suffering comes in so many different forms. It's also hard because we are generally really impatient. People don't like to wait. They don't like to be delayed. And then people, they're also not very aware of their sin nature, which we all have. That's why we need Jesus, our Savior. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to renew our minds daily, because we have a sin nature, and it affects the way that we view and experience suffering. Sin, it makes us selfish, and it limits our scope of suffering. We often feel like we are the only ones suffering. Have you guys ever met someone like that, that they are going through something, and because of their sin nature, they think they're the only ones going through it. They don't realize that there's others that are going through the same challenges they are. Sometimes this manifests in a way where people don't even want to ask for prayer for what they're going through. Either they're ashamed, they're embarrassed, and they also, they don't realize there's other people that could be going through the exact same challenging circumstances that they are going through. Here's another big one. People don't understand how they cause others to suffer. Do you realize that even as Christians, we can cause other people to suffer? We don't realize that. That's why we don't really have a very good understanding of suffering, because we don't even understand how we cause other people to suffer. And the world as a whole, it emphasizes what makes you feel good as being the priority in life. So this thinking, that mindset, causes people mental anguish when they experience any form of suffering, and this leads so many people to question God. Have you ever gone through a challenging situation? Maybe it is one of the toughest things. It's a loss, it's a, the loss of a loved one. I have heard people who claim to be Christians say, I do not believe in God anymore because if God really loved us, he wouldn't allow this to happen. Well, those people, they don't have an understanding of suffering. That's the problem. That's why they are blaming God. That's why they don't understand what's happening. Again, you know, these people, they're saying, why would a loving God allow suffering? And so this is why it is so important to understand the ministry of suffering, or another way to put that, that there is a purpose in the pain that we go through. So what exactly is the ministry of suffering? Because it's not necessarily a biblical term. You're not going to go turn to the Bible and look at, oh, here's the ministry of suffering. You need to dig in and understand. And the best way to do that is to understand who started the ministry of suffering, and that's Jesus. Jesus' ministry was and is centered on his suffering. Because in order for humanity's sins to be forgiven, Jesus had to suffer. The ultimate suffering for Jesus took place when he died on the cross for our sins. 1 Peter 3, verse 18, 
For Christ also died for sins once for all. The just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Jesus' entire ministry, what he did, what he is doing for us, is all based on his sacrifice. It's based on his suffering, not because of anything he did, but because of what we, done, we have done, what we did and what we have done. And so just like any ministry within the church, or any para-ministry, any way that we're serving God, suffering, which is unjust, suffering that is not a result of our own sins, it is so amazing when we can view it as a way to glorify God. And when we do that, when we can view unjust suffering as a way to glorify God, it helps to further the kingdom of God. It can also bring God glory, honor, and praise. 1 Peter 2, 19-21 For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Let me read the very end of that again. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. We're called to suffer as Christians. It is a reality. And, and next week, we're going to be having our anniversary. But the week after, we're going to get into more of the details of what is that about? How, how is suffering part of being a, a, part of being a Christian? And, and what's the point of it? So we'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks. But the ministry of suffering, it's not just viewing and understanding that the suffering that we go through in God's name is a ministry which Jesus started. That one thing or one of many things that can bring glory to God. It's understanding, again, that as Christians, we have to go through the ministry of suffering. It's that reality that I talked about a couple weeks ago that the closer we get to God, the more we seek righteousness. If you recall, the way it's, Jesus preached it is, if you are chasing after, if you are living based on what God says is right and wrong, the same way that someone who is starving, someone that is dehydrated, if you are chasing after God, if you are living your faith in such a way, then you will go through persecution. That's part of what it means to be blessed. It's going through tough stuff that helps us grow closer to God. That's the ultimate blessing and eternal life with him. So that is part of the ministry of suffering. It's that reality. It's understanding that. But again, as I read earlier, it's also understanding that it is something that we are called to. Philippians 1, verse 29. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer 
for his sake. Again, it's not just about believing and trusting in God. It's about suffering for his sake, for righteousness' sake. 1 Peter 4, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather the will of God. So we need to arm ourselves. We have to have the same attitude as the suffering servant, which Jesus was called in the Old Testament. We need to be willing to go through the challenges of life But again, they have to be for righteousness sake. They can't be, you know, the suffering can't be, hey, I robbed the bank, now I'm doing time. Well, that's a consequence. That's your own action. That is not something that was done out of righteousness. So that's a whole different kind of suffering that you're going through. We're talking about unjust suffering. We're talking about suffering that you had no control of, that wasn't a result of your sinful actions. When you do that, You are being like Christ. You are imitating him. We talked about that before, that Jesus is the ultimate example that we want to imitate. And how incredible when we can have that attitude, it says that we're done with sin. And that's not saying that we will not sin. I look at more at saying we're done. I am done with it. I'm sick and tired of the sin in my life. I'm sick and tired of living a certain way. That's what happens when we submit to God, when we're willing to suffer for Christ's sake, that we are done with sin. We don't have to be prisoners of the flesh. I wrote this thing here, and it says just, oh, to be like Jesus. Imagine if we could be that way, if we could look at the challenging things in our life as a way to glorify God. And if we would maybe look at ourselves and say, how are we causing others to suffer as well. Can we change this? Lord Jesus, help us the way we live our lives. I want to end with this, and it's really just an encouragement because so much of our faith is about reflection. The other day I was praying with some brothers and we spent some time and we talked about Jesus on the cross and we reflected on that. And it was interesting because it was just a thought that was put out and it was just kind of like this domino effect. We continued talking about it, about the incredible things that Jesus did for us. And we talk about remembering what Jesus has done for us, the times he's pulled us out of things. But in this particular conversation with these guys I was praying with, we really took it to the cross. And the reality that just in the same way that heaven and hell are often really hard for us to understand, these eternal things, they're challenging for us. In many ways, they're kind of beyond our mental capacity to fully understand. Well, so is the suffering that Jesus went through for us. And as we were talking, I think all of us, we got a little bit choked up because we just sat there reflecting on what Jesus did for us. And Scripture talks about how Some people, they may suffer, they may die for someone they love, a family member. But most people are not going to die or they're not going to suffer. They're not going to go through the biggest challenges that you and I go through for a complete stranger. But that's what Jesus did. 
So this week, think about any unjust suffering you may be going through. Maybe it's a persecution you're going through. Maybe there, there's people that are giving you a rough time at work because of who you are, what you stand for, the way you live. Maybe it's a health challenge. Maybe you have a terminal illness that just came out of nowhere. Maybe it, it, it's a learning disability. Maybe it's something that is challenging for you and in some ways it is causing you to suffer. Think about those things and ask yourself, is there a way that I could use my suffering, the challenges that I'm going through for God's glory? Or do I just sit there and do I complain about it? Or do I use it as a personal testimony to bring glory to God? Especially during the pandemic when church is sort of limited with the things that we can do together. Look at suffering as your, per, your personal ministry that you can do 24-7 that you can encourage others in their faith journey through the struggles that you're going through. And if you don't feel that way, if you don't look at the struggles, the suffering that you're going through as a ministry opportunity, then I encourage you to pray that the Holy Spirit would start to work on your hearts and minds. Because as I talked about last week, God is the only person that can truly change a heart. God can make that heart of stone a heart of flesh. So ask the Holy Spirit to change you from the inside out. So you'll be able to look at the challenges you go through. That ministry of suffering as a way to use the pain that you're going through, the challenges to glorify God. And as I mentioned, in two weeks, we'll get more into the specifics so you can really look at it and be like, wow, I get it now. The suffering... I know how to count it pure joy when I go through suffering of all kinds. How was James able to say that? It's because he understood the ministry of suffering. So let me close this out in prayer. As this is not an easy prayer. It's not an easy sermon. Suffering is not fun. So, so Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us. Help us to view suffering, unjust suffering, as a way for us to grow closer to you and for us to lead others to you. I pray, Lord Jesus, if anybody here in person, if anybody online, anybody hearing this message, Lord, if they are going through unjust suffering, whether it is physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, whatever it happens to be, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would start to transform their hearts for them to realize that they're not going through these things because you're against them. They're going through these things to grow closer to you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us all to have hearts to understand that. That the challenging, the suffering that we go through, it is a ministry. It is a ministry opportunity to glorify your name. Lord Jesus, we love you. We serve you. Lord, we need more of you. Lord, if there is anyone who maybe doesn't know you at all, or maybe they've wandered away a bit, Lord. Maybe they have kind of taken a vacation from you, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would convict their hearts, that they would want more and more of you, that you would be the number one priority in their lives. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.